Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. Today on Heritage Bible Radio, we continue our discussion on biblical decision-making. In our day-to-day walk with Christ, we refer to Scripture for answers to our everyday questions. We believe, as we should, in the sufficiency of Scripture. However, many questions we have, especially with regard to decision-making, aren't addressed by Scripture in a black-and-white fashion. On the other hand, Scriptures emphatically command us to do the will of God. This obviously implies that the will of God is knowable. Let's continue with our study of 1 Corinthians chapters 8, 9, and 10 as Pastor Jim continues with today's slice of the message entitled, Decision-Making and the Will of God, Part 2. Now, now some of you might be very skilled archers, maybe you're bow hunters. I'm not talking about you. I'm thinking about people like me that uh, maybe at you know, junior high YMCA camp, uh, played with bows and arrows a little bit. Remember how thrilled you are the first time you even hit the target? Or maybe the bales of hay upon which the target is mounted? Our, our track team in high school, we, we, we feared this one week every year when the girls' PE had their archery segment because their archery facility was right next to the track, and a lot of them missed the target. More than once, I speeded up as I came around turn two because of the arrows that were skittering along the track, okay? You know how hard it is to hit the bullseye, right? Well, here's the idea. God gives you that. He says, okay, you know right from wrong, but there is this one perfect plan for you. And this dot is supposedly a part of a detailed plan that encompasses all the decisions of a believer's life sequentially. And you are expected to find it and do it. You can miss the dot by failing to discover it or by disobeying what you discover. And they would tell you, this dot is being revealed to your heart, and it can't be found in the Bible because it's within the circle that doesn't have all that many details about the inside of it. This dot is revealed by the Holy Spirit through inward impressions using, using many different means. And it's very specific for each person for each decision. So it might be something such as Mary Betty Jones next June in Denver. Pretty sure I chose nobody's name here. I'm not... I don't know God's will for you if you are Betty Jones. And welcome to Heritage Bible Church. Determining the will of God by means of inner impressions and feelings is extremely dangerous. And from the way that I described it, you can see right away that the idea of the dot, the very idea of the existence of a dot, promotes people believing that they need special personal revelation outside of the Bible. 
So this version of the teaching about the will of God denies what 2 Peter 1, 2, and 3 says. The Bible is not everything you need to know for life and godliness. And if you think about it, it's an absurd idea to think about the will of God unfolding as a series of perfect decisions. For example, what if the perfect choice did not marry Betty Jones back when he was supposed to in 1903. That would mean that all of Betty's children and grandchildren and great-grand, all of her progeny aren't even the people that they were meant to be according to the perfect will of God. This, this whole idea can't work after Genesis 3. There's, there's no such thing. And so, I don't want you to be enslaved to the dot. Here's what you need to understand. The moral will of God is fully revealed. The biblical way to perceive the will of God and the way it is fleshed out in the passages that we're studying in 1 Corinthians 8, 9, and 10, also Romans 14 and 15 throughout the Bible, is that God tells you His moral will. It's represented by the circle. And his command is, stay in bounds and be wise. And if you wander or jump outside the circle, confess and get back where you belong. But within the circle, you shouldn't think of the will of God as slavery. You should understand you are free to make choices from among the options open to you. You're free to make choices. And God expects you to. And He will, and he will guide you and bless you and, and, and love you and chasten you. And He's your loving Heavenly Father. You're also responsible for those choices that you make. But you make your decisions inside the circle, understanding and trusting that God is sovereign, God is good, and He cares for you. Let me toss out a few verses for you along this line. One of my favorites, Proverbs 16, verse 9. The mind of man plans his way. He's telling you, you should have a plan. You should be making decisions. The mind of man plans his way, but what's the parallel statement? But the Lord directs his steps. God will use all the decisions that you make, make them from inside the circle. He will get his will accomplished. Or another favorite, Psalm 37, verses 4 and 5. Delight yourself in the Lord. I mean, look at that and say, God, thank you for this crystal clear circle. You've told me what I need to know. You set me free from my slavery to sin. Thank you for my freedom. Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. If your delight is to please the Lord, you can trust He's going to work through desires that He gives you in your heart. How does that work out? Commit your way to the Lord. Well, that means make a plan. Trust in Him, trust also in Him, and He will do it. Make your best plan within the sovereign will of God. One more. Psalm 119, 133. Establish my footsteps 
in your word. What's that saying? God, help me within the circle. Establish me within what you've revealed in your word. And do not let iniquity have dominion over me. Now, that excellent book that I recommend to you, I've, I've used it and recommended it since it was published. I, look up the, I looked up the, the original date. It was published 40 years ago this year. It's a classic. It's called, very clever title, Decision-Making and the Will of God. Now, I want you to know, I did not steal that title. This book by Gary Friesen uses an ampersand for and the will of God, and I spelled out the word and. I did not steal his title. Okay, and I don't think it was, I don't know if it, I don't think I'd go to jail anyway. I'll say this to you. Go find that book, Decision-Making and the Will of God. If you buy it and you read it and you don't agree that it was helpful to you, you bring me your copy and I will buy it from you for whatever it costs you, including tax and shipping. And it doesn't even have to be in mint condition. I'm not kidding when I say uh, that book would easily provide the framework for what I could make into a 10-part sermon series on the will of God. He's the one who helps the the clever way of saying, don't be enslaved to the dot. Or he has a chapter called Doubts About the Dot and another chapter called More Doubts About the Dot. All right. Well, now that I freed you from slavery to the mythical dot, let's... Let's dive into the list of specifics of what not to do as you live out the will of God. Remember, methods or motives that you should either avoid using, be cautious about, or realize they are not normative. All right, start right at the top. What not to do is misusing the Bible. Now, here's a, a, a something that you need to understand about your Bible. I want you to read it. I want you to know it. I want you to fill your heart with it. But understand that most of the Bible, and somebody who's probably done a lot more counting than I have says 60%, we'll use that if we want to, the majority of your Bible is narrative. It's saying what happened. The Bible is the most significant history book uh, anywhere. It records what happened. Narrative passages do not give commands telling you what is right or wrong. It's not the narrative passages that define uh, the circle. Uh, They don't prescribe what you should do. Understand this. There is a huge and very critical difference between what is descriptive and what is prescriptive. The narrative passages are descriptive. They describe what happened. Now, in the midst of one of those, there could be an accurate description of what a specific command is, but they're descriptive. Prescriptive means here's what you should do. If you go to the doctor and you're sick, he does not, well, he might send you home with a description. He would say the the symptoms you have describe that you have such and such, but he also sends you with a prescription. And what are you supposed to do with the prescription? Read it and meditate on it? No, do it, take it. Take as prescribed. All right, so understand, just because someone in the Bible does something, that doesn't mean you should, right? That's descriptive versus prescriptive. So don't, you know, understand when we say all Scripture gives you everything you need for life and godliness and so that you can be equipped for every good work, that doesn't mean that every single passage is to be 
uh, taken exactly the same way as every other passage. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.